Most people don't even know that they exist, but instead of distinct stripes, like our striped species, they have like a few squiggly lines and then some spots, and that's where they get their name, Spotted Skunk. They do a handstand, which is really unique, oh, and it makes stand. them look larger, and they've got this big bushy tail that kind of like splays out. And since the 1940s, their populations have declined like an estimated 99%. So we're looking statewide to try to figure out, you know, where are these guys occurring? Once we get skunks in an area and confirm it, we go out and live trap. Once we catch them and we all get sprayed, we put a little collar on them and it, it transmits. We go out then after we, we send them off with their little collar and we can either triangulate position or we can home into a den site. We do this during the day because in the daytime they're just chilling in their den and we can go figure out is that a downed log, is it a burrow. Before I started my masters I didn't think about their relevance. They do have their place as everything does. If we miss one piece everything else kind of starts to get out of whack. The award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. we got a, a fun, another fun show lined up for you today. Miss Mimi Barnes is... She's always lining us up some good stuff, <laughs> helping me co-host and, and making our shows great. So I'm excited to uh, talk about skunks today. This could get stinky. The skunk the, <laughs> the skunk woman is here. Yes, yes, Miss Lindsay Shaw. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, before we get started, uh, I want to highlight a radio station. We appreciate our radio partners out there. Uh, we're out. We're out on 30 plus stations now, and uh, we're also on Carbon TV, YouTube TV. Uh, I say YouTube TV, YouTube, uh, Facebook, you can watch us just about anywhere. But uh, WBMC out of McMinnville, not too far from McMinnville here in Crossville, so thought I'd highlight them today. You can listen to Wildcast on Sunday mornings from 1230 to 1, 1, uh, 1. so uh, it's a just appreciate those guys. Appreciate yeah. the guys and gals who run our shows out there on the radio. Yeah, they're great shows, too. So if people well, thanks, aren't Mimi. listening to them, share, 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 because they're great shows. Yeah, Always yeah. learn something. You know, it just takes a click to share it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One click. Like us, share us, and follow us. So anyway, uh, today, like we said, all about spotted skunks. Uh, I'm sure we'll dive into some more additional things, too. You know, no telling where we'll get <laughs> Uh, today but we appreciate Lindsay being with us Absolutely. oh yeah thanks Lindsay spotted skunks who knows about the spotted skunks I know well, Lindsay Shaw well until <laughs> I started working here and heard you mention spotted uh, spotted skunk I did not know there were really different skunks you know you yeah. don't think about it yeah so so we have two spotted skunks um, but before we dive into the spotted skunks let's hear more about her definitely I'm all about it so tell us about okay. yourself and kind of what you do for the agency and and that sort of thing. Uh, right? I'm just a regular mom. Uh, that <laughs> regular comes first. Mom. Regular mom. Two kids, two dogs, live in the woods. I've always been uh, semi-feral, is how <laughs> some of my friends describe me. Okay. Just outdoors from the time I was a little kid. Um, so naturally, wildlife, being outside, working with this stuff was just the right path for me. Mm. I got into it a little bit late for so anybody out there who, you know, maybe you're in your 30s and you think, well, this is not a path for me anymore. It absolutely is. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've only worked for the agency for about a year and a half after I finished school. Um, and I work in Region 3 Biodiversity, so anything non-game is what we're looking at. Mostly rare, threatened, endangered species. Um 
but I, it's, it's something different every day. So I may be working with bats one week, back to the skunk stuff another week, wood rats, salamanders, you name it, we're on it. Wow. That's cool. And that's great encouragement for anybody who's thinking about getting into a wildlife career, even an officer. Yeah, we have people ask about that, you know, is it too late or how old do you need to be? Do you have to have this degree or that degree? But, you know, if you're looking to pursue something in wildlife, right. it, it's never too late. And you, I, you have two boys and they're active and right. you still did it. And I was mom first, student second, and I'm still mom first, biologist second. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't follow that traditional four-year path. It took a lot longer when I went back because I was part-time. So I was there for school pickup, drop-off, volunteer, you know. for So, yeah, it's, it's not too late. If you want it, go get it. And yeah. still an avid hunter and angler. Awesome. Yep. awesome. I love it all. Yeah. Awesome. So were you in a wildlife field before, before no, this? No, I was just mom. Just mom, And yeah. went before my kids started kindergarten and everything, and we're gone all the time at school. Um, you know, it would be a pretty day like today, and I'd, I'd say, well, let's just tear out, you know, to, to the mountains or whatever, go to the park, Yeah, is what we called mm -hmm. Great Smoky Mountains National Park. My mother-in-law at the time was like, oh, you're just going to the park down the road. I was like, no, we're going to the mountains today. Yeah. <laughs> Pack a picnic, <laughs> throw on your snow boots, you know, if they got snow and we didn't go play. Just enjoy what we're blessed with in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you were already out there looking for these critters before well, you were yeah. officially looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she, you cut her, she bleeds orange and green like the rest of us. Okay, though. good, good. You see orange, right? Or what orange are we talking yes. about? <laughs> Our orange. Uh, I got you, yeah. What uh, is UT orange? It is, it? It's pretty close, yeah, <laughs> real close. Well, that's great. And it's cool to hear, you know, a non-game biologist who still loves to hunt and fish and yep. chase all the other critters, too. Yeah, and I, I always thought that I wanted to work with deer or elk. That was kind of my goal when yeah. I started. Oh, wow. Um, Didn't know that about you. Yeah, so, like, cervids were my thing. Like, this is what I want to do. I love to deer hunt. I love to go up, you know, just north of where I live to the elk tower and, and see those fantastic oh, yeah. animals. I've never gotten drawn yet. Still got my fingers crossed. Yep. Put um, my name in the hat every year. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that was that was what I wanted to do. But because I was kind of non-traditional, I was sort of restricted to where I could go and what I could take as far as my master's degree. And that's how I fell into this. You know, the opportunity was there and it was with a professor I really adored. Mm. And I knew that we would work well together. And I thought, well, okay, what the heck? And now I'm, I'm glad that I ended up here because I think if I did work with deer and such full time, maybe I would enjoy getting out and hunting less because i'd be yeah. kind of worn out on it i could see that yeah yeah so i get to do kind of all the fun miscellaneous stuff in the state and then still enjoy my recreation time with our game species yeah that's awesome, awesome. yeah it's really cool. cool we're just gonna copy each other today awesome <laughs> and cool <laughs> so uh, we have a spotted skunk on the table a poor wretched old <laughs> yes. taxidermy mount it's an old one but and it's faded uh, so they are black and white correct yes. so let's dive into a little bit about this uh, the skunk and, and get some details behind it. Okay, so if you can see the one on the table, it is markedly smaller than the striped skunks. And so almost everybody in Tennessee is familiar with our native striped skunk. Yep. Um, almost stepped on one you, going in the woods the other day. Right. You don't have to, especially people who own dogs, you don't have to tell them about the species. <laughs> they know. Yeah. Um, but the spotted skunk is smaller. I usually describe it as like maybe like a fox squirrel in size, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it looks more weaselly in appearance. It does, it does. Um, so most people don't even know that they exist. 
they are out there. They, it's hard to see the color on this fella. Um, but instead of, you know, just one or two or three, like, distinct stripes, like our striped species, they have, like, a few squiggly lines and then some spots mm -hmm. just to break up that coloration. That's where they get their name, Spotted Skunk. So is it true? Um, so we get phone calls, emails, messages about all black striped skunks, all white. Um, striped skunks. Tell us about the coloration of the spotted skunk. Is it true that they're all the same? So they will have different patterns and there's actually um, some talk in the works about being able to identify individuals based on those patterns and camera photos and stuff like that. But um, for the most part they'll all have like a dot on their forehead. They've got a few squiggly lines. They vary but but not as much as the striped skunks vary in their pelage. So a lot harder to tell an individual right. spotted skunk from a from a striped skunk. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Are they long lived? Just a few years. Okay, just yeah. a few years. Yeah. Okay. And so they'll um, they reproduce about the same time as the striped skunks. Everybody knows when that's happening. That's gonna be one of my questions. It. Yeah. <laughs> Smell that's it everywhere. Road. <laughs> that's right. And just the yeah, just stench everywhere. Um, but it's like late winter, very very early spring. Um, and then they'll have their kits about a month and a half to two months later. And within three months, those kits are the size of an adult. Oh, and wow. on their own at that point? Yeah. Oh, wow. So on they're, they're weaned at about eight weeks. Okay. Okay. Wow. wow. I didn't know it yeah, was that fast. Pretty it, quick. Um, so they're out there roaming around um, for mating season, January, February then. And and that smell is just because they don't know where they're going. and They're just out and about in mass. Okay. Yeah. And running into things that are a little bit scary, maybe in an area they're not right. necessarily. As, um, and that is when we see the, and we start getting questions. Why are there so many dead skunks on the right? Road? Okay. And right. That, and the the smell, it's a defense, right? That's, yes. That's why they spray. Correct? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they're not just out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and it, you know it doesn't make it. They have to. They have to make their scent, you know. Oh, cool. So it's metabolically costly to mm -hmm. expend it all. So they're they're not going to want to spray unless they really feel. It's necessary That's because it's going to take some time to recharge. Like the predator, a dog is seen as a predator. Right. So that's why. And they aim right. for those olfactory senses, right? So they're going for the eyes, the mouth, yes. the nose to stop that predator. Interesting. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Recharge. It's like yeah. a... <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Let me reload. Yeah. Right. I can right. see the little little meter. Uh, how many babies do they typically have, and are they in a little den site? What are they? Where are they going right. to be? Right. So they'll be born in a den um, in the like late spring, very early summer. Usually up to six kits or so for oh, these wow. guys. Um, and a den site is anything from a rock shelter to a dug burrow to a down log, that kind of stuff. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm learning a lot today. I didn't know a lot of this stuff. It's, this is cool. Hmm. Um, so how, how did you specifically get interested in this animal? Well, I fell into it with my master's yeah. work um, because I, I didn't end up going the route I thought I would. Mm -hmm. I, I jagged, and that's fine because I love them. Mm -hmm. um, I, I knew of them before I started my master's work, but I just didn't think a lot of them. I knew they were out there, but they're almost entirely nocturnal, so mm -hmm. people generally never see them. Um, yeah. Even exactly. with your all studies, it's hard to find them. I mean, they you're, are. you're on purpose looking for them a lot of times. Right. So we're looking statewide to try to figure out, you know, where are these guys occurring? With that, we want to eventually match, um, like, vegetation and other habitat features to mm -hmm. figure out, well, okay, can we find any correlation between where they are and 
what is there, hmm. like in a broader landscape level. Um, so that's the point of the camera study that we're doing. Hmm. And because they're so cryptic and hard to find, even when we know they're in a spot, um, we bait our camera sites. So that brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> we get not just these guys, but I, I was joking. I could do a second master's just on all the coyotes peeing, you know, on the trees that I bait. Wow. I don't know what that's about. Wow. Um, but every single one comes through, they got to pee right at my bait site. Um so that's interesting. We That's a, another fun kind of side part of the project is just going through all these camera captures. Very cool. And we get everything from gray fox to these guys to birds, you name it. Um, that's awesome. There's one other thing we were talking about before the show that's really cool about them. Tell us uh, what they do compared to a striped skunk before they spray. Okay, so a striped skunk, you know, everybody already knows you just want to stay away from them. <laughs> and if they lift that tail, then you better be heading the other way. These guys not only rely on being black and white to let predators know that, that there's a danger, you know, and that they're going to stink them up, but they do a handstand which is really unique oh, and it makes them look larger. It displays, you know, their full backside of their body with all of that coloration. Um, <laughs> I've never been able to get it on camera, but there's really good videos on YouTube and they've got this big bushy tail that kind of like splays out. Wow. It, it really looks uh, completely different than anything else we have going on. Hmm. Yeah, that's not just a tail lift. It's a whole. Right, you're getting, oh, Excuse me, Mr. Bear. It's a whole. <laughs> you're getting a whole display yeah. before you're really in trouble. <laughs> wow. So everything that for such a small animal, they're doing everything they can to scare something off right. before they expend that. Right. That's wow. really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what are they out there eating? So these guys are omnivores, but they're considered mesocarnivores, which means that like 50 to 70% of their diet is made up of meat, hmm. which is more than the striped skunk. Hmm. Um, so they oh, will wow. rely on insects and stuff like that. But these guys, for being cute, they are vicious. Really? And if you ever, they get a hold of me sometimes through my gloves, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're definitely tearing apart some rodents. <laughs> yeah. So... They're out there looking for anything they can find as opportunistic feeders, but mm. they'll also eat carrion and stuff like that, kind of the cleanup crew trash. Mm. One wow. was found um, near a dumpster at Hardee's, and wow. I was like, I'm glad I've been out at Catoosa, you know, for four years, getting Lyme disease <laughs> and whatever else, and I could have just been at Hardee's with a breakfast burrito, like, <laughs> hey, you know, okay, we got one. Yeah. But um, they, yeah, they'll any, anything they can find, wow. but they're, they are meat eaters. Um, so, so I've heard you talk about this and it is fascinating, but here we are, you know, as a hunting and fishing agency primarily, but we're tasked with the care of all Tennessee's wildlife for future generations and, and use for future generations. But why, why should we care about those non-game species, including the spotted skunk? So I get asked this question a lot and it, I think it's one of the most difficult questions there is because mm. my first thought is, well, why wouldn't you care? Mm. You know, I think that we, and that by we, I mean humans and every species that we have yeah. are all in it together. Mm -hmm. And we're all here for balance and health of the ecosystem as a whole. Um, so just because, you know, like before I started my master's, I didn't think about them that much. I didn't think about their relevance. They do have their place as everything does. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if we miss one piece, everything else kind of starts to get out of whack. Mm -hmm. 
Great point. Yeah. So where, where, what's the habitat they're utilizing as an agency? We're talking about grasslands being imperiled and, and these different ecosystems across the state. What's the spotted skunk utilizing? So that's what we're still trying to figure out. Mm. And half the camera spots I show up to where we've had a positive hit, I'm looking around and I'm going, well, this is just the woods. You know, yeah. there's nothing particular that I can pick out about it. Now, we do take all the vegetation data as far as tree species, mm. um, sight lines, and distances from that point, and all of that stuff. Wow. And that yeah. all eventually will be combined, and we'll, we'll go through all the statistics and see what sticks out. So that, that was one of the questions we had. Yeah, I think it's interesting how they're... Uh, you're, used, you're finding... You're looking for all kinds of different data right there, not just find the skunk. Right. It's... We're trying to find what matters to them. Yeah. The idea there is, you know, um, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but these guys used to occur in 28 states, you know, which is over half of the continental U.S. Okay. So Florida to Texas, all the way up to Canada, hmm. and then over to the Appalachians, you know, this big, like, kind of squiggly square. Hmm. Um, and since the 1940s, their populations have declined like an estimated 99%. Wow. Which is serious. Right. So why? And I want to know why. We don't know yet. Yeah. But in the meantime, while we're trying to figure out why this is occurring, we want to know where in Tennessee um, could we possibly find these guys. And you think about it, like, as a state agency, we're working on mostly public land. Well, that's like 10% mm -hmm. of the state of Tennessee. Yeah. So we got 90% of the state that, you know, I can't just go put a camera out there. Mm -hmm. And I can't just, you know, walk out there and ask everybody in 90% of the state to be looking out for these guys, mm -hmm. although I am. Now. Hey, come on over <laughs> yeah. to my house. We'll put a camera yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. We do have some great landowners. Maybe they, we had one guy, um, one was eating cat food in his basement. I remember. So, yeah. You know. And, in and the so, basement. Right. In the basement. Got inside. I know. And and other people have just gotten them kind of passively on cameras and then they get interested. So we do have folks um, with private land who give us some permissions when they think about them and get interested. So that's yeah. nice. But, um, well, I'm glad we're sharing this today so yeah. that folks, if they know this and they can reach out, you know. Right, right. That's cool. Um, so, so you're hoping to find out their overall populations. Talk a little bit about what all are you are you looking for that vegetation what else when you're studying right animal? so when we're baiting um if you think about it we're we're trying to draw them in because they're such a cryptic species and they're hard to find even mm -hmm. when they are in an area so you know say i bait right here in the middle of the office and one comes in here to our bait well that doesn't mean that they the office is what they prefer mm -hmm. so i can't say anything about the local level characteristics but at a landscape level we can look at what they prefer and where that exists elsewhere in the state so that can be used to inform management decisions down the road if we know well this patch you know here on this wma or this forest or whatever matches these parameters where we found this one at katusa or whatever else you know um then those managers can make better decisions moving forward. Same with the den site end of things. Mm. So that's not baited. That's just once we um, get skunks in an area and confirm it, we go out and live trap. That's where the real fun starts. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. So how right. do you how do you go about studying a spotted skunk then? Right. So um, you gotta 
catch it. Yes, we have to catch them. And people always say, well, don't they spray? And I say, yeah, they do. They sure do. I always volunteer to hold the skunk. And then that way I can just aim can it direct. wherever else. You know? so, so here's where I tell on her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about your kicking outfits that you wear oh, that are yeah. runway special. Right. And consist of all white Tyvek and shower caps. Yes. Right. We added the shower caps this year because my advisor actually got sprayed in the hair um, one oh, year, and her husband was like, you're going to have to sleep in the garage, honey. <laughs> you know, she ended up using, I think, like Dawn dish soap and like coffee grounds wow. or something to kind of neutralize Basket, it. Yeah. It's, I mean, even I, we put all of, all of our backpacks and stuff a good distance away from where we work the skunk up. Um, and even then, that stuff lives on the porch at my house for like a month. So how, how do you go about that, that study of the skunk? Um, you're looking at overall vegetation at first or? Right, with, with just presence absence. So we're seeing, are they here? what's around hmm. um and that like i said the local level with the baited stuff is, is not pertinent because we're biasing that by baiting hmm. um, but we can look at landscape level so forested grassland you know distance to roads ag hmm. water that kind of stuff um, and then with the den site stuff so once we catch them and we all get sprayed <laughs> we we put a little collar on them and it it transmits so if you've ever hound hunted mimi knows i'd work plot hounds into this somehow <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> If you've ever hound hunted, it's just like the old beep collars before everybody had fancy GPS units. Um, but we go out then after we, we send them off with their little collar and we can either triangulate position or we can home into a den site. Um, we do this during the day because they're almost entirely nocturnal. Hmm. So in the, in the daytime, they're just chilling in their den and we can go figure out is that a snag? Is that a downed log? Is it a burrow? Is it a rock den? That kind of stuff and then you know we didn't bait them to that site so then we can take those local level characteristics at those spots yeah this is this is their home now you know this is what they like right and, yeah and i can say i've been with her when she's trekking too and i said she's like a gazelle very sure <laughs> <laughs> but, but she's also getting into some areas that yeah. that most of us would look at and be like, mm, not so sure about yeah, it. Yeah, it can be tough because yeah. you think they're that size, I'm this size. You know, they're getting through vegetation that I'm literally going to be crawling through. Yeah. So. It's it's a it's a tough job sometimes. It, it is. Big strenuous, yeah. It, but it's not sitting in an office, so <laughs> yeah, it works for me. Yeah. Um. So we're not the only ones studying the skunk, or what? What's going on on a broader scale to understand right. this animal? So there's actually the Eastern Spotted Skunk Cooperative Study Group, which consists of state agencies and universities, and almost all of those 28 states where the their range used to occur. Mm. Um, and and it, it varies. Some state agencies have actual, you know, dedicated studies in conjunction with research universities. Some just put the call out, you know, for for crowdsourcing people who have seen one. Um, but for the most part, you know, everybody is sharing information. If someone has a DNA study and I pick one up roadkill, they may want a tissue sample for their study. Um, and, and so there's a lot of sharing of information because all of us are hurting for data when it comes to these guys wow we're all on the same playing field you know it's like right. looking for the same stuff it's not a competition it comes yeah to that. exactly so one of the questions we had was um what are the challenges of studying this animal and i guess you've just thrown a couple out there you're crawling right. on your belly to get to them. yes <laughs> just, them, yeah. just finding them you know i'll put cameras out at spots where we've had them consistently and i might not get one for six months and then wow. you know in the seventh month here it comes peter and by wow um and so 
Yeah, they, I think they're on to me too. But aside <laughs> from that, you know, they're, they're they're smart. You know, they've got a they're little, and owls are their number one predator. Oh, I meant to ask so, that. So I know owls are going after striped skunks. Right, these guys too. So they're wow. they're wanting to be really cautious, have a lot of cover, that kind of stuff. Um, so they're wow. you know they're pretty cagey. They're not going to come around for anything. Hmm. Interesting. Um, So um, in the time we have left, let's talk a little bit about what do people do if they see a spotted skunk? We used to have info in the hunting guide. Um, what do people do if they see a spotted skunk? Holler at your girl. Um, call <laughs> your skunk lady. Uh, call your TWA office. Um, and those numbers are in the guide or on the website. Yeah. Right. Email anything. It'll get to the right place. Um, we have versions of me in all four regions looking for these guys. I have great coworkers who have helped. You know, even when this was just a master's project. Mm. So um, any of those folks can can get on the case. So it's not just your region, you're looking, you're right. looking at all across this the state. statewide yeah. and the poor region one guys, you know, historically in Tennessee, they occurred from the mountains almost to the Mississippi river. Mm-hmm. The furthest West we found them, um, in this study is just into region two. So they've lost a lot of ground that mm-hmm. we can tell. Um, but the region one guys got out there for me every year and looked oh. despite that we didn't really expect them to be there. But hoping, right? It would yeah. have been there's, a great surprise. A yeah. lot of work that's gone into it. Well, and if you don't put in the work, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the results. Right. But yeah, that just shows you that we're we're at it. You know, you guys are working so hard to right. well get I, that data. I think about how many hunters we have out there that have out game cameras, mm-hmm. and I know on my property we have a lot of cameras out. Um, and we might get a spotted skunk on camera. And if right. you're not familiar with the animal, please familiarize yourself with it. Yeah. And if they get a picture, all the better for you, right? Right, right. And then if they get the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, <laughs> make sure that one gets sent in we too. We want right? to see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we definitely want to see it. <laughs> we'll put up your email address, Lizzie, okay, real big. That's fine. I mean, it would be non-game. So. Hey, there you go. <laughs> There's no permits? Okay. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about that citizen science part of it, too, that you rely on. Yeah. So, not not um, just for spotted skunks, but. Things like iNaturalist are great because they give just everyday folks, you know, like this contributory role in the whole thing. And like I was saying about the amount of private versus public land we have, we really rely on everybody else out there who's keeping an eye out um, to supply us with some of that data. Mm-hmm. I look on iNaturalist for stuff. I found an occurrence where one of these guys had been roadkill in Blount County. Mm-hmm. We hadn't previously okay. found them on our cameras in Blount County, so it was helpful to know, okay, we didn't get them on our cameras, but here's one that's roadkill in Blount County, so we can we can count that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a great way to, to get people interested and not just benefits us, but to me, it's always a benefit when people know more about what's occurring in their state and they get an interest in it. So even roadkill is looked at as an occurrence. Yes. Um, so it's important that if someone sees a dead spotted skunk. Right. You don't have to pick it up. <laughs> but you'll come pick it up. I'll pick it up. <laughs> One lived in my, my basement freezer for oh, it was about a week before my family was finally like, you got to get that. 
out of here. <laughs> um, and it, it lives in Region 4 in a freezer there now. <laughs> uh, but, you, yeah. but there's a lot of data you're pulling off of that, including the genetics that are helping right. um, uh, that broader study, which is so good to know. And I'm, I'm so grateful that there are people out there looking at the non-game side of it. So thank you so much for what you and your counterparts do across the state. Um, so a couple other things. <laughs> um, tell us about the time where you learned that you needed shoe covers. Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like every year in trapping season, we add some other necessary piece. Like, so we added the shower caps because <laughs> someone got sprayed in the hair and that was hard to get out. And so this year we were like, well, we got shower caps. You know, we've got it all handled. Yeah. No. Because even though we're putting our stuff away and we've got our shower caps and we've got our Tyvek and everything, what we didn't factor in was that when the skunk inevitably sprays during handling, that hits the ground and then we're walking through it. So, yeah, that was exciting. I got home and I was like, man, you know, my, I threw my Tyvek away at the dump and, I, you know, I've changed my clothes. What what the heck? No, it's yeah. all over my shoes, in my truck, in the office. Oh, yeah, I track know. it everywhere. Yeah. And then really quickly wow. we get a lot of questions about dogs being sprayed. So that peroxide, baking soda. Right. Stay away from water to begin with. Really? Okay. Right, because it, it's not going to do anything for those oils. Um, and then, and that recipe can be found online. Just do a Google search. Um, anything else we're missing about spotted skunks? I'll just Google them if you've never seen one. They're amazing. Get on YouTube. Yeah. Look at those handstands. They're they're just really interesting critters. <laughs> and if Gymnastics. you see, and if you see one, if you get a photo, contact your regional office, um, right. biodiversity, um, or go on iNaturalist because mm -hmm. you all are watching. Uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So to contact us, tnwildlife.org, go find numbers, email addresses, and all that kind of stuff right there. You can you can let us know. We'd love to see them. Thank That's you it. for being on Absolutely. Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very cool. This has been fun, and we'll come back again, get with you on some wood rats and some other critters that you're chasing out there, Sounds too. Sounds good. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Mimi, thank you. Uh, once again, another great show under our belt. Very fun. Uh, hope you guys out there watching and listening have enjoyed it. Uh, keep coming back, keep liking, keep sharing, keep, keep watching, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.